recently asked on Instagram if anybody had any specifically like email questions because sometimes I'll notice I get some extra you know questions and they'll have a theme and so I'm like oh people are curious about email that's kind of the vibe I got this year and the number one thing that people asked was how do you write emails without being salesy this is a huge problem for small business owners, especially teacherpreneurs, because we, you know, we don't want to be salesy. I hate selling. Fun story. When I was a kid, I was in Girl Scouts and I was the shyest child you have ever met in your life to the point where I refused to actually sell the Girl Scout cookies. But my dad was a pastor and so what he, he would do is we would put the Girl Scout cookie sign up form in the foyer of the church and then my dad would announce hey becca's selling girl scout cookies you can sign up in the foyer and people would just come out and sign up and that's how i sold all my girl scout cookies because i could not sell things it just wasn't, it just wasn't gonna happen on top of being shy just like self-confidence selling things like it just it was not my thing and it's still not my thing but in order to have a store, you do need to sell things. So I have learned some tips and tricks to help you write your emails without being salesy. So if that's something that you are interested in, then let's hop right on in. Now, the first thing you need to know is that there is a time to be salesy. There is. And specifically because selling is serving. You might have heard that before and you're like, okay, Becca, selling is serving, like whatever. But it's really true. And what people mean when they say that is that it is a service to sell things. Let me explain. When you have something in your store, you have that because it's solving a problem. So that problem might be like, oh my gosh, my kids do not understand fractions or my kids think writing is really boring, or I really need uh, you know, something the sub can do when the sub doesn't know anything about music, but I have to leave right now. And so I just need to print something off that they can hand to the kids, or you know, I need to keep the kids entertained for the last hour of the day. Like whatever your problem is, you're solving a problem with your products. That's the whole point of your products. Even if the problem is just, I you know, need to save some time, that's a problem. You know, I can spend my $5 buying this Google Slides resource because now I don't have to spend my, you know, five, six, 10, 20 hours making it. When you sell someone something, you are doing them a service and it should be a win-win. They get an awesome resource, you get money, everybody's happy. It is a service. On top of that, people are actually more likely to use things that they purchase, which I know sounds insane, but it's true. If you want proof, I could open up this closet over here that I'm not going to do because it's a disaster and show you the not one, not two, but three, three free ebooks that I downloaded, printed off, that are full of lesson ideas that I've never looked at. Yeah. Yeah. I downloaded them. I printed them off and I have never once used them. 
Now, that's partially because it was a little overwhelming because it was just a lot of stuff. And the other reason is because I, you know, didn't have skin in the game. If I'd had to purchase those, I would have made sure, like we would have used every single lesson in there because I'd spent my own money. So when people are buying something, they put a little bit of skin in the game and that allows them to actually get more out of it because they're more invested in it, like literally invested, like they put money into it. So selling is serving and sometimes people need an extra little push in order to make sure that they get the thing that they need and it might feel salesy and sometimes that's okay now we don't want to do that all of the time we don't want to be super salesy all the time so we are going to talk more about all of those things but the first thing you need to know is just that you need to reframe your mindset about selling because selling is not greedy selling is not something for you it's actually for them and now again, I still feel like this sometimes to the point where last year I had created this new resource. I'd spent a ton of time on it. I was so excited about it. And I wrote a whole email about it and I felt so guilty. I was like, oh my gosh, Becca, like you're just gonna convince these people to buy this thing, spend their hard earned money. And it was $6, which is a little bit more than most of my like regular products are that are not bundles. And I had sent this email and first of all, I sold a lot of them that day. Secondly, I actually had someone reply to the email and they said, thank you so much. I was struggling with what we were gonna do next week in music class and now I have a whole lesson plan. I didn't have to do any work. I can focus on all the other things I've got going on because I got a million things going on. Thank you, y'all. I was selling her something and she is thanking me for it. So selling is serving. Remember that. That being said, if you don't want to come across super salesy because you know, I always think of Michael's, I'm sorry, Michael's, but Michael's sends me so many emails like multiple times a day. And you know, I don't read them because they're all like buy this buy this buy this and now i expect that when i go in but we we don't want to be michaels or hobby lobby or whoever it is that's sending the ridiculous emails we want to be much better than that because people actually want to open up our emails and so a couple of things to help you do that number one email your people yeah nothing sounds more salesy than if you don't email anybody for like three months and then you send an email and are like, hey, buy this product. No, no, no. Email your people on a regular basis so that they know who you are and are willing to buy from you and are not shocked and confused as to why you're asking them to buy things. This has happened to me on multiple occasions where I've signed up for an email list. The person didn't send me anything for like weeks. And then they sent me something and I was like, I don't know who this person is. And it would take me like 20 minutes to figure out who they are. And now I just unsubscribe from them. So make sure that you are contacting your audience on a regular basis. Okay. So personally, I am pretty stubborn on the, it should be once a week. And I know that might sound like a big commitment. It doesn't have to be a long email, but you should be emailing your people once a week. If you do not think you can do that, every other week is okay but i would really say email them once a week to make your life a lot better i actually was listening to a podcast one time and i don't remember who it was but somebody 
was talking, this is, this is my problem with podcasts. I can never remember who anybody was or which one I listened to it on, but he was talking about emails and how he was like not getting a lot of email traffic and he had really low conversion rates. People weren't opening his emails and all this stuff. And he was going to like cut down on how many times he sent his emails. And instead he decided to triple it. And so he was sending up, I don't remember how much, but he went to like three times a week. And he said that his engagement went way higher and he had much more people reading his emails and opening his emails. And the reason is because then people were used to seeing him and knew who he was and wasn't confused as to why he was randomly popping up in their inbox. They were like, oh, hey, I just read an email by him the other day. I'm going to read this one. And obviously not everyone's going to read all of them, but emailing them more often is actually better because people know who you are. And if you send helpful emails and then they'll associate you with being helpful. So at least once a week, if you can't do that, every other week is fine. The easiest way to do this would just be to batch them. So just sit down for like an hour or two and crank out four and schedule them out for the next four weeks. That's what I would do. Now I do mine weekly. So I sit down on Thursdays and write all of my emails for all my email lists. Cause I have more than one. If you want to join the email list for this channel, by the way, you can sign up down below and I'll send you some freebies. So you can check that out. I'll leave the link in the description, but I send one to, I send one email to this list on the regular and my Becca's music room one, I send like three. I do. Um, so I write two for Becca's music room every week. And then if I have a blog post go out, they automatically send an email. And so that's a third. So I only write two and then they get a third. If I sent out a blog post, which is typically every other week. So they get like three a week from me, but I also have a lot of people opening my emails and I have a lot of people responding to my emails and they're so used to hearing from me that they're not confused or shocked when they see my name pop up. They also know that I give a lot of helpful content. So they're willing to then open up my emails. You don't have to do three times a week cause that's a lot, but do try for once a week, twice a month at the very, very minimum. So people know who you are. Now, the second thing to help you with not sounding quite as salesy is to have a variety of different email types. There's four main email types that we're going to talk about. That is hard sells, soft sells, roundups, and no sales when you're not selling anything. So number one, hard sales, a hard sale is a hard sale is when you are literally like, here's a product, go buy it hopefully with a little more information than that. This is where you're really highlighting the um, usefulness of your products. Maybe you're explaining how to use them. You're really going through why people should buy them. And the ultimate goal is that people purchase them. Okay. Number two is soft sales. A soft sell is when you mention a product, but it's not the main focus. So for example, if you maybe have a like centers bundle, a hard sell, a hard sale would be, Hey, here are these really cool centers games. Go buy them. A soft sale would be things like, let's talk about how to get centers set up or how to organize your centers or something like that. And then in that you mention, Hey, I have this really great bundle. It's really fun, but it's not the like main focus of the whole email. Okay. This is more like sharing lessons, sharing ideas, that kind of stuff. Then you have 
roundups. Now, most people would consider a roundup a soft sale. I don't. So, you know, there we are. And a roundup is when you talk about a variety of things. So you give, you know, three different lessons for XYZ or five of my kids' favorite games or something like that, where you have a variety and maybe one or two of them are paid products. And the other ones are things that people can do free. Okay. And number four is no sales when you're not selling anything, you're just providing value. Okay, so four different types. In order to sound a little bit less salesy, you're gonna wanna have a variety of different types with the hard sales being the least common. Mostly you wanna stay in that like roundup and soft sale range with some no sales thrown in as well. Now you're gonna wanna have a variety. The best thing I can tell you is to like do some kind of alternating schedule, whatever you want to do. I would say don't sell things really hard in every email. Maybe every other email would be okay. So maybe in one, you talk about, you know, your center's organization. And then the next one, you're like, oh, hey, if you liked that, you should buy this bundle. And then the next one, maybe you talk about classroom management. And then the next one, you talk about something else. So I would say at least every other one or even less, just depending on how often you're sending your emails and that kind of stuff as far as you know how much you're really going to sell. You can also schedule this out to make it nice and easy. Personally, I have way more ideas than I have you know, formula days. So I end up doing a lot of just kind of like whatever's gonna work right now, but I do try to bear in mind like, okay, when's the last time I sent like a really heavy sales email? It helps that I write two at a time. So I know that if one's gonna be more salesy than the other one, I will make less salesy and stuff like that. I also know that if like a sale is coming up, when there's a sale, I'm gonna be really salesy because I am providing the service of giving people not just awesome resources, but for a discount. So I wanna make sure you get as much stuff as you want, which means I'm gonna be extra salesy during a sale. So right before and right after a sale, I will not be salesy and I will just provide value. I'll say, here's a blog post, here's a video, here's an idea, there's an idea, here's a freebie, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that when we have, you know, the sale in the middle, it doesn't feel quite as out of place because we haven't been, it's not just like buy things, buy things, buy things, buy things. We kind of alternate it around. My next tip for you is my best tip for you and that is to use your content. So if you have a blog, if you have a YouTube channel, if you have a podcast, then use those things with your emails. This is the basis of my whole email strategy. Yeah. It really is. Um, sometimes, I'm not gonna lie, sometimes I'm just like, oh, it would be cool to talk about this. But for the most part, my email strategy is typically based on my content. So if you have you know, a blog post, we'll talk about that. If you have a blog, then you can talk a lot about your blog and then you can also talk about other things. So you can say, hey, here's a blog post, go read it with a little more information than that. You can take that blog post to so say that blog post about centers, then your next email can be like, hey, here's five of my favorite centers, okay? And then the next email, and maybe one or two of those are products. And then the next email you can be like, hey, you should buy this center's product because it's amazing. And so now we've, you know, we're at three in that are all based on the same thing, but this is like the really salesy one that's really getting people. So we've just made three, you know, three content pieces, easy peasy. So using your content is gonna be the best tip I can possibly give you. 
if you do not have content you could also do that with social media if you have you know certain things you're talking about especially if you're doing like IGTV videos and that kind of stuff, um, use that. And if you are not doing any of those things, then my next suggestion would be to just pick a topic for each month and go with that. So maybe in February, you talk about classroom management and maybe in March, you talk about spring lessons and maybe in April, you talk about testing, like whatever it is, but just come up with a theme because then you are like, okay, here's my theme. I just need four ideas based off this theme. And that's a lot less stressful than like, I can write anything in the world. And so of course, then I can't think of anything. This is again, gonna help you be a little bit less salesy because you can plan them out in advance and figure out what you're going to do. And you can help with that alternating thing. Also, if you do have content, you are providing a lot of extra value for free, like blog posts, videos is you providing value for free, which is going to, again, associate people with you being helpful, so then when you sell something, they don't mind quite as much. All right, and finally, let's talk about three things that are gonna help you to just like actually sound less salesy as you are writing. So number one is share the whole lesson. This is something I've actually had people ask me about and that is sharing the whole lesson. My philosophy when I am making products is that I'm making this product, you could totally go make it too if you, you know, don't want to pay for it. But if you buy it, then it's going to save you time. So because that's my philosophy, I do not shy away from sharing everything. And by that, I mean, I will share my whole lesson with you. And the only thing you benefit from by buying it is that it's done. So for example, I have a What a Wonderful World resource that's based off of that song. And the other day, I sent an email talking all about it. And I shared these are all the different things that we do when we learn about what a wonderful world. These are all the different activities. You can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And then at the end, I'm like, by the way, all of these things are included in my what a wonderful world resource. You don't have, and sometimes I even say, you don't have to purchase it to do the activities, but it's done for you. It's going to save you a lot of time. It's all, you know, done and ready to go. All you got to do is like click the button and it's good and you're there now does that mean that some people don't buy it and just use the lesson probably and you know what i'm okay with that that doesn't bother me because then i'm still helping you and so there's that but a lot a lot a lot of people are not only going to purchase it because i'm mentioning it but they're going to purchase it because now they know so much about the lesson that they're more willing to buy it because it's not just like, hey, here's a cool product. They're like, oh, hey, we can do this and we can do this and we can do, oh, that'll last us two different days. Oh, I can use that with the older kids and that with the younger kids. And then they're like, oh, I can buy it, it's done, click, boom. I get so many more sales on emails where I share the whole lesson and explain it all and have a link to my product in there than if I don't. So the more you do that, the more you provide value. And also people, again, are going to feel like you, they can do it without your help, which is going to make them feel like you're being less salesy, even though you totally want them to buy things. And you know, they probably will. Number two is roundups. We already talked a little bit about roundups, but roundups are a great way to be a little less salesy because you can kind of alternate again, what you're selling and what you're not. So my rule of thumb is I typically will send either three or five things to my email list. And so I'll say, you know, here's three ideas for law. Okay. One of them is usually a product, maybe two, but usually I'll do out of three, one will be, if I do five, then usually two will be products and the others will be free. That way, again, 
if you don't want to buy things, if you're offended by my selling you things, then you can use the free things and that's totally fine. Round notes are a great way to be less salesy because then you're only salesy in like one paragraph. And so people are just feeling a little bit better about it and they get lots of ideas whether they use that one or not. And number three is to focus on the transformation and the outcome. Your products are not valuable because they have 15 slides or because they have, you know, this exciting, whatever your products are valuable because they solve a problem and they are helpful. So what is the outcome that teachers want? Again, is it that they just need something to keep their kids engaged? Is it that they just need something to give the sub right now? Is it that they are like stressed to the max and they just need something that's going to teach their kids, but also easy on them. Those are all valid things. Focus on those things. I personally try to make my resources as easy as possible for the teachers. That way, the whole idea being like, here, use this, go, and your life is so much easier. And so I really, really focus on that. And I'll also focus on the kids. So like, if it's a really fun resource, then we'll talk about how they really loved it. It was a lot of fun. You know, if there's a funny story that goes along with it, we can talk about that. Um, but really focusing on the transformation or the outcome. What are people getting? They're not buying your resource. They're buying the outcome of your resource what is it highlight that because that's going to sell a lot better and be less salesy than being like hey this has 15 slides yes they need to know how many slides it is that's okay but focus focus on the outcome and the last thing i want to say is that when you are selling things own it like we mentioned there is a place for selling selling is serving selling is useful and helpful and people will thank you for selling but when you are selling just own it don't apologize for it don't try to like hide away behind you know all your fluffy words just be real because if someone wants to buy something they want it to be as easy as possible a great example of this is like the sale is happening today that's why i'm thinking about this as i'm doing this um today is one of the tpt sales and so i spent the last two days writing emails because i was i sent a lot of emails you know because i can because i usually do and people are used to hearing from me and in those i am very salesy i'm like hey there's a tpt sale you can get everything at a discount don't know what to buy here's a couple of ideas this is great because of this this is great because of this this is great because of this and i'm not shying away from it i'm not hiding away from it i'm not sticking the paper in the foyer and leaving but i'm owning up to the fact that like i am selling and i have these things that you can purchase and they're amazing and you should buy them because they're great you know and so really own that if you have more email questions let me know down below in the comments i'm also going to link an email playlist down below in the description thank you guys so much for watching and i'll see you next time Thank you.